Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. in the evening, KMOX at your service on a Monday night. I'm George Sells in for what would normally be the St. Louis Cardinals playing baseball. Not tonight. They have a day off. Hopefully a good, rejuvenating day off. Heaven knows they need it. The phone lines will be open for much of the hour. 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. 800-925-1120. If you live a little farther out, and you can also hit me up on Twitter. It's at George Sells as we move through some of the topics. A little later on, we're going to be talking about a solution the folks in Denver are trying out to help deal with homelessness in that city and why we may be something seeing something similar here coming up soon. We'll have that for you around a quarter after the hour. Also, Amazon is about to make you start sharing your bandwidth. Did you know this? It's happening tomorrow. We'll have those details. And also, down toward the bottom of the hour, something I'd like to hear from you on, restaurants. They're trying to get back in the swing of things after COVID-19, and some people are going straight out and having dinner. Others a little more dicey, a little more wary of it. Want to know where you stand. Want to know what you think about the restaurant business and how you will or won't take part in outdoor dining, indoor dining as we move forward as more and more people get vaccinated. But first, we are going to start with your vote. And does it really matter? Does it count? Here's why I ask. This is for Missourians in particular. The voters approved Medicaid expansion. And the Missouri legislature said, fine, voters, you can approve that. You can even change the Constitution. We're not going to fund it. And then go a little bit farther back. There was that clean Missouri bill to change how we draw up our congressional districts and our state, uh, our state districts for the vote, just to, the way the legislature plays out, the way the uh, state Senate plays out. So what did they do? They didn't like the outcome. They said you didn't understand it as a voter. And they came back with another amendment that basically got rid of it. And they got rid of it. Here in the city of St. Louis, this is a little bit less obvious, but uh, back in 2012, folks there in the city, you voted to reduce the size of the board of aldermen. Well, if you don't remember voting for that in 2012, it said on the measure that it's supposed to happen this year. This is when it's supposed to happen. And there have been some aldermen trying to change that one up. 
That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Anyway, a very long way toward an introduction to our guest right now, Benjamin Singer. He is the executive director of Show Me Integrity. And uh, they, for one thing, for one, do not like this trend that we're seeing in the state of Missouri. Benjamin, welcome to KMOX. Thanks, George. Appreciate you having us. Well, let me start right there. Uh, does my vote even matter? I, I vote on these bond on these ballot issues. I sign petitions when people are trying to put stuff on the ballot. Should I even bother? Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting the ink and the pen? You know, George, I think a lot of people often question, does my vote really matter? And it's so easy to wonder that in a political system that seems like it's dominated by, you know, big money and lobbyists and special interests and partisan games. The good news is that in Missouri, we do have a really strong ballot initiative system and that the people of Missouri at state and local levels have been using it a lot more in recent years. And that's why we're starting to see increased attacks from the politicians on the process, because they don't like that we, the people, are using our power to hold them more accountable. And so we are seeing this escalating trend of the politicians versus the people. Uh, But I do think that the people are winning. It seems like we take two steps forward and one step back sometimes. But I think, you know, like Martin Luther King said, the moral arc of the universe bends toward justice. And, you know, we can dive into a few of those issues you mentioned. But I would fall on the side of if we are smart and strategic, as we like being at Show Me Integrity and using the power of the ballot initiative to change the system, to hold politicians more accountable and take power away from special interests and give it to the people, our vote does matter. Well, you talk about the specific ones. The Probably the biggest one and, and the most blatant one, it would you would say, uh, is the Medicaid expansion. Now, folks, I know a lot of people opposed it. A lot of people were for it. That doesn't really matter anymore because there was a vote. The people of Missouri passed Medicaid expansion. They said they wanted Medicaid expansion. They made it a constitutional amendment. How in the world, Benjamin, I ask you this question, can the state legislature just refuse to fund it? Are they not breaking the law? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, that's what's in the courts right now. There are two lawsuits alleging that they are breaking the law and considering that, yeah, Missouri voters put it in the Constitution. Yeah, as an organization, we don't have a position on Medicaid expansion, but we do have a position on democracy and respecting the will of the voters. And the voters, like you said, spoke clearly. And the legislators take an oath to uphold the Constitution, and they did not do that in this case, and they did not follow the will of the voters. And people uh, who I've talked to feel very confident that the courts will uh, rectify this miscarriage of democracy and will expand Medicaid eligibility to the large number of Missourians who, if they earn too much, are not eligible for Medicaid, even though they earn too little to be able to afford private health insurance. Are there going to be consequences? Like, you know, what people would normally say is the backlash would be if these guys won't pay attention to my vote, if they try to disenfranchise me, then I'm going to vote them out. Well, a lot of these lawmakers, particularly as you get farther out into the state, are very well entrenched. Do you foresee any legitimate backlash or accountability for these people, or are they just going to continue this? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we have we do have an issue where Democrats and Republicans alike in Missouri are in pretty safely gerrymandered districts. They're either very safely blue or very safely red. And if you're talking about Medicaid expansion, you know, it has become somewhat partisan, although, you know, clearly Missouri, a red state, a majority of Missourians did vote for Medicaid expansion. But I don't think that Republican primary voters are necessarily going to be upset with legislators for um, going the wrong way on Medicaid. You know, people tend to have principles around democracy or other things around, you know, government theories of government, but they tend to not always follow those when it comes to an issue they may agree or disagree on. So I don't think when it comes to Medicaid, we will. However, Show Me Integrity is helping lead a statewide coalition of a lot of groups, conservative groups and progressive groups and everyone in between who are starting to organize in all 34 Senate districts in Missouri, a movement of people around the state who are prepared to defend the power of the ballot initiative going forward and say enough is enough. We need to respect the will of the people. This country was founded as a a democracy, something that is dependent on the consent of the governed. And therefore, our politicians need to pay attention to those who are being governed and get their consent. And, you know, special interests have seen that the power of the ballot initiative is the way that the people can take power away from our corrupted system. So we're going to continue doing what we can. We're going to continue organizing. And I think that we are going to hold legislators accountable and we're going to make sure that they don't weaken the ballot initiative process, which has been so important. Like you said, with Clean Missouri, I, I was the communications director of Clean Missouri to limit, you know, the the corruption of the lobbying uh, industrial complex in Jefferson City. And we cleaned that up big time with Clean Missouri. Yes, when it came to redistricting, we took a step back there. But I'm confident that we will. Republicans, Democrats and independents, all of whom are on the board of Show Me Integrity, for instance, are coming together to say that this is supposed to be a government of by and for the people. So if you're feeling a little disenfranchised out there, Benjamin Singer from Show Me Integrity tells us all there is hope yet. Benjamin, thank you for joining us tonight on KMOX. Thanks for having us, George, for this important issue. Have a good night. You too. KMOX News Time is 9.15. Dependable. Traffic and weather together on the 10s. Weekday mornings on The Voice of St. Louis. KMOX. Nine twenty in downtown St. Louis. Went and got dark out there. You missed a pretty sunset if you didn't peek at it earlier. Lots going on. Lots to talk about. I'm George Sells, and we are at your service here on KMOX. Sitting in for the St. Louis Cardinals today, who are getting a much-needed day off. Hopefully, they'll be rejuvenated when they hit the field tomorrow night. Heaven knows they need it. It's been tough to watch the last few days. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900, if you live a little farther out of St. Louis. And you can also hit me up on Twitter. I am at George Sells on Twitter. And got a copy of the article that I'm about to talk about here. And you may find this interesting, especially if you spend a lot of time in downtown St. Louis. The story is about what's going on in Denver right now. Of course, the homeless community, among many others, have been 
heavily impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and they had to shut down a lot of shelters because they couldn't just have people mixing and matching inside those buildings, especially before they had vaccines. Well, what did Denver do? Denver allowed for a tent city to be erected, and now they've moved that one. They've got a couple of them that are going up right now. Tents in downtown Denver, one in the parking lot of a of Regis University, which is the Jesuit school in Denver, kind of like SLU here, another at a local Methodist church, and they are setting up tents to house the homeless. So what does this have to do with St. Louis? Well, I found the article because Mayor Tashara Jones retweeted that, that very article and basically just said, interesting, but when the mayor sends something like, out that, like that out over Twitter, you've got to think, They're looking into it. And in fact, we have confirmation tonight that they are. Spoke to the folks over at City Hall earlier today. We were trying to get somebody to join us on the show tonight to talk about it in a little more depth. And they told us that they tried, but there's still too many moving parts going on. And they're still in that investigative phase. So they didn't want to get anybody on the air just yet talking about it. But what we know now is that the city of St. Louis is looking pretty carefully at the idea of setting up a sanctioned tent city, maybe more than one, you know, the park right below us here on uh, 14th and olive at KMOX, you you see a lot of members of the homeless community sleeping there. Uh, There are a lot of times when people will come through giving away clothing, that sort of thing. And that's where they come because that's a a spot that they can find a, a lot of people at one time. Uh, So what if the city were to oversee putting tents up in that park? Now, some people might not like the concept. Some people might be bothered by the concept. Uh, But the city points out that if you have these folks in one place, you you, you can perform a lot of the social services you want to perform. You can make sure that they are being tended to medically. You can kind of keep an eye on everybody and... It's just better than folks out fending for themselves uh, all over downtown. But you also have to consider that there are a lot of people that just don't care for walking down a street and being asked for money by a homeless person. And that is their prerogative, I suppose, to feel that way. Everybody's different. Everybody has different opinions. But this idea of the city sanctioning something like this, the city being a part of something like this, certainly is something that would be very new, very progressive. Mayor Jones touted herself as the progressive candidate. This would certainly be that. So I'm wondering what you folks think about this concept. Again, the phone number 314-436-7900 here in the KMOX studio. Give us a call and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Uh, It was interesting, the way that this article went, if you'd like to see it for yourself, it's on my Twitter page right now and you can get a look at it, Uh, started out through the eyes of a neighbor who was very concerned as he watched those tents begin going up. And he said he was equally surprised that it ended up not being a problem, not being a big deal. Maybe that's a surprise to you. I don't know. A lot of people might be surprised by the fact that that didn't cause a big row. Now there was a row. There were some court battles involved there as well before they went through, got to the process of, of setting up the tents. But again, this also goes back, I think to 
what we've talked about all along regarding COVID-19, the things that will stay, the things that will go. This was done as a remedy for COVID-19 issues in Denver. Well, now, as we get more and more people vaccinated, it might appear a little less necessary. And if it is less necessary from that standpoint, are there other reasons to go ahead and do that? And I can tell you over the years, I was at Fox 2 for eight years. And whenever it got to those points in the winter when it was super, super cold, uh, people would be out on the streets literally trying to track down homeless people and make sure that they got into shelters. And a lot of people that do that. And those are the same people I can assure you think that this is a good idea. Once again, keeping some of our city's most vulnerable citizens uh, in some sort of a condition that they can be cared for. Many stories there, many ups and downs in people's lives that lead to that situation. But uh, it'll be an interesting thing to watch. It'll be something to keep an eye on as we move forward because the city of St. Louis is definitely taking a closer look at this issue and taking a closer look at the possibility that this could be a remedy. Again, phone lines open, 314-436-7900, and you can hit me up at George Sells on Twitter. Coming up in just a few minutes, this is a really interesting one. Amazon has a new program. It's called Amazon Sidewalk. Amazon Sidewalk. Gee, what that, what could that mean? Well, they've come up with a concept to make your Amazon devices, your Echoes and Alexas and all those things, your Ring doorbells, a way to make them work better, a way to make them have better Internet access. And basically the idea is to share your Internet access with your neighbor and vice versa. And guess what? It's going to happen tomorrow unless you know how to opt out. We're going to talk more about that. We want to hear from you on that topic coming up after the break. Right now, it's 927 on KMOX. Tuesday night, the Cleveland Indians come to town to take on our Redbirds. And you can hear it here. Amron pregame show 620. First pitch 715 on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Producer Nathan Piercy on the board, on a roll with the music. Van Halen, back on the 1984 LP. Yes, I'm dating myself. What do you want from me? 9.34 on KMOX. And the phone lines are open. 314-436-7900. if you live a little farther out. And you can also hit me up on Twitter. I am at George Sells on Twitter. At George Sells. Feel free to pop a question in there if you'd like. But uh, what we want to talk about now is something that's going to affect a lot of people starting tomorrow, and they may not even know it. Have you got an Alexa? I'm going to say Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. They're going off all over town right now, I'm sure. I'm sure the one in my house is. If you've got an Alexa, if you've got one of those ring doorbell cameras or the uh, spotlights that you've got connected to the back garage, any of those Amazon devices that some of us have become somewhat addicted to, if you have any of those those devices, starting tomorrow, Amazon is making you part of their Sidewalk program. Amazon Sidewalk. Well, George, what is that? Well, Amazon believes that they can make all those devices in your house and your neighbor's house and your neighbor after that one 
run more smoothly and get better internet reception by having you share your Wi-Fi with your neighbor, basically. So what's going to happen here is your ring doorbell, say, will be a bridge to your neighbor's Alexa. And that Alexa might be a bridge to another doorbell or to a Echo Show. And by doing this, they believe they're going to be able to give a smoother signal, better bandwidth once again. But here's the part that has got a lot of people upset. You don't have the opportunity to opt in on this. You have to opt out if you don't want this to happen. Let me say that again. This is happening with your devices starting tomorrow unless you opt out. Now, there are a lot of people out there. I've got an article from GeekWire magazine in front of me uh, quoting a professor from the University of Washington saying that from a privacy point of view, the best practice would be to give users the option to affirmatively opt in automatically, then automatically turning it on and basically saying you have to do something about this. And I think what is also interesting is that there has not been a great deal of publicity thrown out there, as far as I can see, uh, letting people know that this is coming. I mean, I've got these things all over my house. I can't believe I didn't get at least an email or a little something from Amazon. Maybe my Alexa would pipe up and start talking to me, but I'm surprised that nobody said anything about this as they move forward. I mean, that's... Kind of crazy. Now, Amazon insists, let's, let's get to this point. Amazon insists that this is all safe. Your security is there. There's no way that somebody is going to be able to jump onto your doorbell and use that to hack into your household internet and find out all your secrets and look at your bank statements and everything like that. But it does raise a lot of red flags for a lot of people and that is, the, that is really the, the crux of the issue here is when are we letting these big companies use too much? You know, we talk a lot about Facebook and our information being thrown around, the data being mined out of our Facebook pages and our uh, Instagram pages and all those things. Twitter, same thing. I'm, I'm nuts about Twitter. I love it. I'm addicted to it. I am constantly looking at it, but somewhere back in Silicon Valley, there is a guy or a gal sitting there looking at what I'm doing on Twitter every day. And some of that information I'm sure is finding its way to advertisers. I don't know how it's happening exactly, but what I know is when I go to a website and then half an hour later, YouTube is playing a commercial for that product or one of that product's competitors, I know for a fact that it's getting around. It's all going out there. So this is something for you to think about. If you go to my Twitter feed, again, it's at George Sells. I've got an article about this, and inside that article you will find a link that will let you go and opt out of this if that's what you want to do. But it's certainly something that you want to be aware of if you've got any of these devices, because once again, starting tomorrow, you're up running and part of the system, whether you like it or not, if you do not physically go to their site and opt out of this. So that's the latest on Amazon. That's the latest on everybody's gadgets.
and we'll see what happens from here. Once again, phone lines, 314-436-7900, at George Sells on Twitter, if you want to hit me up there. And coming up next, we are going to talk about something that I think a lot of people have been looking forward to, and it's the fact that you can go out to dinner. If you're vaccinated now, you can go have what seems like a normal meal. And I know I've seen a lot of people online talking about having gone to a restaurant and sat inside without a mask on for the first time in a year and a half. And some of them, it just brought tears to their eyes. I want to know what you think about it. Give us a call. Hit me up online, however you want to do it. But talk to us. We want to hear from you. How do you feel about going to a restaurant? Do you want to go to a restaurant? Are you comfortable with that now? Can you not wait? Are you still staying away? And what are some of your favorite spots? Give me your favorite St. Louis and surrounding area haunt to sit down and have a nice meal. Because that's what we'll be talking about up next. KMOX News Time is 940. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. Nine forty-five in the evening. KMOX is at your service. I am George Sells with you until eleven o'clock. I'm sitting in for Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Yadier Molina, and company. They are taking the day off. They deserve a day off. I hope the day off will help them shake off some of the cobwebs and get back out there, get back to their winning ways. We talked about this earlier with uh, Rick Hummel from the Post-Dispatch. He said they, they played a really good game yesterday. They just didn't win. Well, hopefully we'll see some winning soon. But anyway, that's why the Cardinals are not here tonight. It is a day off. If you're not, there have been no emergencies. They're not missing an action. They are just taking the day. Again, my name is George Sells, and I would love to talk to you. The phone lines are open right now, 314-436-7900. Again, 314-436-7900. If you live further out or out of state even because it is dark now and that signal will bounce a good long ways, 800-925-1120 is the phone number. Again, 800-925-1120. You can also hit me up, as always, on Twitter. I am at George Sells on Twitter and would love to hear from you. And I would particularly like to hear from you on this next topic. Next topic being restaurants going out to dinner. Remember that anybody? Well, a lot of people are starting to feel a lot better about doing it now as the vaccination numbers continue to grow and people continue to ease back into something that, looks remotely like life did before 2020. And it's been a tough year, year and a half for restaurants. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, there's, there's no arguing with it. So many of them closed. Others had to mortgage everything they had just to keep the lights on. And a lot of them also did some pretty creative things as far as how they went about getting to-go orders and things like that. You could you get your food to go from some restaurants that you never imagined getting a to-go order from. Uh, The state of Missouri also, one thing I'll give them credit for going ahead and approving, was allowing them to sell mixed drinks as a to-go order. That is something that you would have never dreamed they would have allowed two years ago. But considering what COVID-19 was doing, it was absolutely eviscerating the economy 
and really ripping these restaurants, they needed to be able to do something. So they were allowed to do those things. They got creative. And now the ones that are still there, you know, they're, they're, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And quite frankly, you're part of that light. So the question becomes, how interested are you in going out to eat? How comfortable are you going out to eat at this point in time? Are you happy going into a building and taking a mask off and sitting down for a meal? And you're hearing stories here and there. Right? Somebody took a poll on Twitter and they only had like 55 respondents, but it was about 60-40 in favor of, yes, I want to go to a restaurant. Getting a text right now asking if they've ordered their favorite drinks from, from one of the restaurants. The Club Taco Margarita in Kirkwood is a popular item. And you can take that home with you back in the day, all all through the uh, all through the pandemic, I should say. So, are you comfortable going and doing that? Like I said, that poll was a small one, but it was still kind of sixty forty. People are feeling more comfortable with it now. Obviously, there are some indicators out there that would say, yeah, the restaurant industry is on its way back. You could start with the help wanted signs you see in the windows as you go out on a given night or during a given day and drive around a lot of help wanted signs out there. And one of our guests earlier, we were talking about the price of beef and how that's gone through the roof lately. And he was telling us that it was more than just the big meat packing hack that had become such a big deal. He said it was also a sudden and sharp rise in demand for food from restaurants. That's good news. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to see that because I'll tell you what, a lot of these folks have really, really struggled to get through these last these last several months. Mark Russell hitting me up on Twitter at George Sells is where you can find me on Twitter. And Mark is quick to the point. Yes, I feel safe. He is ready to go. He is ready to head into his favorite restaurants and sit down and take in a good meal. And I'm sure that the restaurateurs can really appreciate that. They love they love seeing that. And so many did so many different things. I don't know what your favorite restaurant did. I know a lot of the ones that I really like, uh, you know, the fancier ones, uh, the Gerard Craft restaurants, uh, Pastoria and Clayton. That's a, that's a good one. Wow, is that place good? And they closed down for a while. They wanted to allow their employees to have the opportunity uh, to get that federal stimulus money uh, that went with overtime. And it went with unemployment, excuse me. Uh, you'll, you'll recall that you obviously had to be out of work to collect that extra money that the feds were, were putting out there. And he was afraid because waiters and waitresses rely so much on tips that they would struggle more if he kept them on than they would if he laid them off. And so he made which, what I'm sure was a very tough decision for him to go ahead and shut down for a little while. Talk about a scary undertaking. You've got a group of restaurants and all the bills that go with them. And all of a sudden, you've got to close the doors. But he did that for his employees. Okay, Teresa over in Illinois is on the phone. Teresa, what do you think of all this? I am so sick and tired here in pandemic. I mean, I've worked through the whole thing, and I haven't encountered one person that has been ill from this. So I'm just, they just need to just drop that word and go on. 
What kind of work do you do, Teresa? Uh, I do house cleaning. Okay, so you've been in a lot of people people's houses and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I I know you I know you haven't met any, you haven't run across in your life anybody who's had to deal with this. But uh, was there a point at any time that you were a little nervous about it, or was, did it just never bother you? No, it never bothered me. Huh? No, no. Huh? And I mean, I'm around a lot of people, so it's yeah. Well, no. Would you like to give a shout out to your favorite local restaurant? Oh, well, <laughs> put you on the spot I'm there. I'm in Mascuta, and there's uh, most of them are closed up. So from all this stuff, so you know, if I want something, I have to go to Belleville. Really? So a lot of them yeah. closed down. Is uh, what's the situation with folks you know uh, as far as uh, employment goes? I know a lot of the restaurants that are open are having trouble finding people right now. Are you are that's, you running across that's that? It. That's that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's why they're closed is because they don't have enough employees to open up. So yeah. So favorite? Well, you say you go to Belleville to eat. Any any favorite spots in Belleville? Uh, all those, all my favorite ones are closed up. So you know, it's uh, we hit the uh, Mexican restaurant once in a while, and and but that's about it. So yeah. All right. Well, Teresa, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you for joining us tonight on KMOX. And uh, one person who kind of both sides of it, she says she hasn't encountered too many people that had trouble. But at the same time, uh, all of her favorite restaurants are are closed over there in the Mascuta area. You know, the why on the closures? Well, I guess it kind of depends if you're in some cases. Was it the financial issue of the shutdown in other cases? Maybe it is because they can't find work. You are hearing about the, hearing about that, the places that are having trouble finding workers right now. And that's another really interesting point. You hear about places that are shutting down because they can't find enough people to work there. And that's a, a little bit off topic, but I think it's also very relevant because you just you get over the hill and you see that light at the end of the tunnel and then whap, there's another problem. Now what? I'm ready to open and I can't find somebody to work here. And that is, uh, that's a little bit baffling. Uh, they've been talking about the unemployment rate obviously has been much higher. Uh, the amount of jobs that are available, that's been an interesting thing to follow also, where at first they were talking about expecting a million new jobs in April. In the April report, they got a quarter of that. And then the, the, the jobs report came out this last week for May. And again, they were expecting a big number. I think they hit about 566,000 nationally, which again was slower than they anticipated. So we are seeing a situation where it sounds like the pace at which this is all improving, the pace at which jobs are becoming available is a little bit slower. But one thing always strikes me, too, is, is, you know, what kind of jobs are you talking about? Uh, There are a lot of restaurant jobs that are available out there. Well, somebody who maybe is a laid off auto worker, maybe the restaurant thing is not their gig. You never you never quite know. But uh, it's a tough time. I know that my family and I have been doing everything we can to eat out as much as possible. And during the pandemic, we were even uh, doing a lot of the to-go orders because we wanted to support the restaurants and the people who do the working and the playing and the living and dying in our community all the time. We want to take care of those people. So we've been doing our best. I hope you're able to get out and see some of your favorites as well 
as the restaurant industry begins to get going again, get some traction. Finally, 956 in St. Louis, you are listening to KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells, and we will be taking your calls again next hour, 314-436-7900. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.